Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning into the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Sit back and enjoy inspirational interviews with Christian fiction and nonfiction authors from around the world who are on fire for God and committed to using writing as a ministry tool. Feel free to follow our show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Christian Authors on Tour or like our Facebook page, the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. All right, all right, all right. It is the third Friday of February 2023, and we are so excited that you've tuned in to the Christian Office on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. This is one of your co-hosts, Lynn Pender. I am so excited that you have joined us. Because it's third Friday, I have two dynamic people here on the line. Uh, I have Mitzi Carasculo out of Boston, and I have my hometown friend, Dr. Leroy McKenzie, Jr. <laughs> How are you two doing? <laughs> my people, my Baltimore buddy. <laughs> yeah. You have your people in the house. Okay, I'm Boston. I'm the... So I went out, but I was born in Chicago, and, you know, my parents are from Chicago, grandparents, I got all my family there, and we got this wonderful author from Chicago, so a little bit of family in there. Awesome, awesome. Dr. Leroy, you there? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Hello, my brother. Oh, <laughs> good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Hey, Dr. Leroy. <laughs> Absolutely. How's everybody doing? Doing well, doing well. Yes, and we're excited to have you on board. Uh, Mitzi, Leroy has been busy. He has been busy. Leroy, talk a little bit about the work that you're doing with the newspaper here in town. Well, yeah, it's the um, the National Black Unity News newspaper. It's a, um, a it's an international newspaper um, right out of here in Baltimore. And and what it is is a solution oriented uh, newspaper that you will get great topics, great editors, great stories, uh, and the page that I that do in the newspaper is the Authors Showcase, which is where we give authors a platform uh to be able to um to display their books of course but then also to be able to um we do interviews with them to be able to talk about their mission, their message, their movement and motivation. It's a quarterly um quarterly uh newspaper that comes out four times a year. Um, it, it's a great group of, of individuals that, that make up the editors, but the stories are just absolutely phenomenal that are in the newspaper along with the um, along with the, the author showcase, which gives, you know, authors the, the platform to be able to just um, talk about who they are, talk about more than just the books, because we go into detail about, you know, the other things that they do, the other aspects of, of being an author, because as we know, it's more than just the book. It's more than just about the book. Yeah. It's more than just about yeah. who you are. So we give them that opportunity to be able to, uh, to, be able to talk about that. Awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Submission, message, yeah. motivation, and movement. 
Yes, that's awesome. Stop. <laughs> and Mitzi, yeah, I see you're doing some good. Mitzi, I, hey Leroy, Mitzi is doing some good things with her nonprofit. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? The work you're doing with the young ladies. Oh yes, it's been amazing. Um, we've been doing the keeping it moving to a better you, an emphasis on you. Uh, workshops, uh, presentations, it's me and a childhood friend of mine. She's actually an author as well. She's a three-time author. I, oh, I'm a fourth. Wow. I'm a fourth with her fourth book. Her name is Leslie Guidi. Um, We've been friends since we were six years old. And, oh, you know, wow. she's been walking in her purpose and walking in my purpose. And we just kept running into each other everywhere, like around the city. And we don't even live near each other, but we would always run into each other and our uh, purpose is kind of on the same thing, you know, uh, helping others with their purpose and giving back to others and being better for others. So keeping it moving to a better you is a series of workshops all around the city at um, the library, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, um, even like the little dance that we may be doing them. So it's for girls from ages 8 to 18, it's to encourage and inspire them being a better you. It focuses on um, sexual assault awareness prevention. It focuses on um, self-love, self-care, self-esteem, self-confidence. And within that, we, you know, go through a series of um, workshops. They have great questions. It's amazing to see how engaged girls are. Um, and we think it's such a time as this, as you know, the CDC just released their data report uh, for the shutdown during COVID. It affected teen girls the most. It gave them a sense of hopelessness. It gave them um, suicidal thoughts. It increased the rate of sexual violence. So we truly think we're called to a time as this to give back to girls, and we bring them, you know, self-love care bags, you know, full of toiletries, mm. things to just uplift them. And it's been really, really good, and uh, we've been really, really busy going around doing that. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's awesome, Missy. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah, it, 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 it's one thing to, like you said, Leroy, to do the book, but but it's another thing to live the book, right, to be able to put what we're writing about in terms of God's love and being able to put mm-hmm. that into practice in our everyday lives, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. yeah. And that gets us to our author today, Um his name is Dwight E. Duranus, and um, Missy, you got some info about him, right? Yes, I do, I do. Uh, it's a phenomenal man. Dwight E. Duranus is the author of two books, A Slice of Truth and Disappearing Dad, and is a contributing author to Bliss for Singles, an online magazine. As noted on his website, Dwight's avocation is serving others through hearts and minds and souls with the absolute truth by teaching and speaking from the word of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. With master's degrees mm-hmm. in special education and education administration, his vocation is in the field of education where he has taught high school and college levels in Chicago for over 15 years. Dwight enjoys spending time 
with his family, traveling across the country, and listening to jazz and old school R&B music. He is a dedicated member of his church, serving in the capacities of deacon and Sunday school superintendent. He is also a devoted husband of over 20 years and a proud father of two young adult sons. Wow, what a resume. What a what a bio. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes. This is this is just a lot to digest. Where do we start? <laughs> Tell us about the, oh my <laughs> the contribution of a uh, contributing author to the magazine, an online magazine, in comparison to the book publishing, I imagine it's somewhat different in a way, but still the same. If you can tell us about your online magazine contribution and the books up and how you got started. Well, the let's do the online first. The Blissful Singles, I met um, – I, I met the editor-in-chief um, at a conference, and um, and one of the things that she asked me to, you know, we like that we got a chance to be friends and things of that sort. And then um, one day she came to me and she's like, "Well, um, how about if you uh, you know contribute? I only wrote two articles for the magazine, but you know, they, I, I want to say that was back in 2018." Um, but it, it was an experience that um, that I enjoyed. It, it, it is different. Um, yeah, it, it, is, it is. It is. It is very different, and it's and it's it's like a it's like a deadline that it has to be done, and you have to be you know concise and and everything, as opposed to a book where, um, you know, where, where you have time and you have more control and, and things of that sort. Right. Yes, yes, right. But with the online, you do, you know, you have those hard deadlines. Um, but mm-hmm. I was going to do R&B music, too, but I'll pass it on to my lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my no, God. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, it just dawned on me. I did not mention the. Editor, the editor of, of uh, Ballista Singles Magazine, her name is Tatiana Green, by the way. And she's also an author that I met at a, at a vendor fair. And she wrote the book, Journey to 30. Oh, thank you. That's, that's great. That's nice to see two authors get together and, and get together and um, travel another journey together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me, let me, brother Dwight. This is uh, Dr. Leroy. Um, let me ask you this. I want to ask you about your um, about the the, the um, this particular book, and then we'll get into the other one. Um, but a slice of truth, um, because I I I, um, I I read the the overview of it, and it's a book of poetry, and uh, you have a couple of uh, poetry lovers on on the on the line here, and and I want to ask you. Where where did you get the inspiration from to one write the the book of poetry, but then two how did you come up with that title? What's the meaning behind the title of Slice of Truth? Because not everybody we all don't want the truth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Here's the thing. Um, 
That was the very that was the very first book I wrote, and that was in 2010. And my grandmother pushed me to, my late grandma, she pushed me to write a book. Well, she wanted me to write an autobiography, and I didn't think that I was worthy to write autobiography because that means that's my life story. Um, no one knows who I am, really, in the grand scheme of things. But I love rap, and rap is a form of poetry. I know I can't rap. I don't have any bars or anything like that, but I've always liked poetry. So that inspired me, you know, my grandmother pushing me, and the fact that I love rap, the hip-hop, inspired me to write poetry. Wow. I like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, one of the things that I love about poetry is that I, I also write Poetry. I don't know if you knew that, um, Dwight, and 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 so does Dr. Leroy. <laughs> and I know, speaking for myself, one of the things that I love about writing poetry is that it not only comes with that rhythm, um, but it also gives us such a creative way to express ourselves. Um, and, and I uh-huh. wanted you to talk a little bit about that in terms of the difference between writing poetry and writing prose, because your other book, Disappearing Dads, is very different than A Slice of Truth. And talk about, you know, the the creativity, the, the synergy, the energy, you know, that went into doing both of those books, even though it had a similar goal in terms of the end product, but the production of it was just a bit different, I would imagine. Right. When, right. when the Spice of Truth came out, I was at the tail end of the, you know, there was, there was a poetry movement in the, in the early 2000s, and I caught the tail end of it where I would perform and you know, live shows throughout you know, South, you know, throughout Chicago land area, and it's one of those things where um, it just gives me opportunity to express myself. And what writing poetry is a lot of it's different because not only has not not only try to get the rhythm going, it has to make sense, and that's not easy to do. And it, I spent many a nights with a thesaurus and rhyme, you know, rhyme books and all sorts of things to not only, you know, get that rhythm going, but also make sense as far as what I'm really trying to say. Uh, the book itself, it's sort of like uh, it's a combination of, of, of blackness as well as hope through uh, scripture in, in a way. And that's sort of like the gist of the book. And that's sort of like, it's sort of comprised of a little bit of me in that way. I like to, I've always said, and this is one of my quotes, and I, I can't remember, I heard this one time, I said, I'm going to adopt this quote. I always say, I'm not loyal to the left, I'm not loyal to the right, I'm loyal straight to the truth. And that's how the slice of truth it's a slice of it. It's a slice of my. It's a slice of the truth of my of the experience of my life. So that's how the slice of truth came about. Wow, wow, it's really nice. This is Mitzi. I was 
curious to know if you can tell about the um, the marketing of an online magazine in comparison to the marketing of like hardcover uh, books. How is your marketing different for to get the word out for people to even um, to go to the magazine? Well, here's the thing uh, with the with the magazine. Um, I'm not a I'm not an owner or anything like that. So that's that's Tatiana Green's baby. I'm just a contributing author. She has like six, seven, eight contributing authors. So she had to put the work in and probably had to spend a little you know more money as far as marketing as opposed to when you market your own book. Um, it, the way I look at it as far as marketing your own book, this is because it's not my full time job. It's one of those things where. I'm limited on on discretionary funds, um, and I really don't want to go into loans, especially because I have a family, and I get at that time I'm paying tuition for school. I get my my oldest son's in college, so my priorities, of course, is family first, and then the book second. And so I'm right. limited as far as the as far as the marketing piece for my own book, as opposed to the online magazine, which is again I'm just a contributing author. So I really didn't, you know, had to put any money. I just had to just put in time, effort, um, blood, sweat, and tears to have a decent article that she's willing to, that the editor is willing to uh, put out in the public. Very nice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I want to, um, if we, if if you can, I want to just talk about. Your um, the 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 second book that you have, which is the disappearing dad, and can you can you talk a little bit about what the book is about? But then also um, in this present day, the importance of of of, of dads, and when I think of dads, I think of men too, not just dads, but those that are that may be fathers, that may those that those men that may not be fathers, but being present. Um, and and um, being present in the children's lives of dad and the importance of that. And then I don't know if you touched on this in your book, and maybe you can say this too, um, the difference between um, what we consider to be or what we consider to be a disappearing dad. Um, because you could have someone that's not in the home, a dad that's not in the home, and be disappearing, but you could also have some a dad that's in the home and still be that same disappearing dad. If you can talk a little, if you address that in the book. Okay. Um, disappearing dad is is where I did my shift from poetry to Christian nonfiction. And I wanted to find a genre because, you know, the, the first book, of Lots of Truth, was not, it was one of those, can I write a book? I was able to write a book, but then, you know, poetry is like a quiet taste. It's very, it's very, very difficult to market. But um, Christian nonfiction, I believe that that's where, that's where, my, my that's where my my niche is, where where I, where I best fit in. So this thing that's just the first of two not Christian, not excuse me, nonfiction Christian books that I have. Now, Disappearing Dads, of course, is the second book that I wrote, and that came out in December of 2016. Um, it, it goes exactly what the title says, where there's an epidemic of fatherlessness across the nations, 
and it helps to understand how uh, father absences, how it impacts our homes, our churches, and our communities. And it, it leaves our communities in chaos, and it is, is one of those destructive generational curses. So that's pretty much what the essence of the book is. Now, it's funny that you asked the question about what disappearing debt is for the most part, and I outlined that in the very first chapter called Family Affair. I talk about the four different types of fathers who are um, disappearing. The first one I said, I call it the four Ds. The first one I said is divorce, and that's one, and that's the first way as far as the father is not there is he was, you know, he was in a family, he's married, had children, but then whatever the reason is that um, there's a divorce in the family and he's no longer present. He may or may not have custody of them, and there are only weekend visits, holiday visits, and when, when he gets to see the children, if there are any children involved. Um, the second D, which is what is the genesis of why I wrote it, is death of a parent. I lost my father when I was six years old, which is well over 40-some years ago. And that still has a devastating effect where I, pretty, I grew up without my biological father because he passed away. The third um, is, uh, is what I call detachment, where think of a vacant house where the house is sitting there, but there's no one's present. So a detachment, mm-hmm. father is there, but he's emotionally unavailable. And that's one, to me, that's one of the worst kind of dads where he's just present, but he's just not involved um, emotionally. Um, he's just there and nobody's home. And then the last one, of course, is desertion, the fourth D, and that's where he abandons and just leaves his family for whatever reason, um, whether, whether whatever the incident happens prior to child being born or, or even after they're born or whatever the case may be, just up and just leaves. So those, those are like the four Ds that I talked about in the very first chapter called Family is Fair for Disappearing Dads. That that is such a um, that is such a endearing topic, you know, talking about dads and and, and disappearing dads, and I, I hope that you would talk a little bit about, you know, the type of feedback that you've received from readers on that whole issue of disappearing dads. It varies. Um, you have some that. They have found that it's a it is a very sensitive topic, and there some will say, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, good riddance. You know, I did fine without him." Or you got others that say, "You know, I wish he was there. You know, it it have been a lot of mistakes that I would have made with, if he was present." So it it really varies. You know, some was like, "Well, you know, I don't care about him. Or I don't I don't know him, and you know, I did it without him. That type of thing." So it varies. Mhm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is right. really good. I was going to ask what you hope your readers receive from your book. What is it? Something that um, you have to say, okay, I hope my readers insist reading it. 
Yeah, do they get that healing from from what you described? Uh, to some degree, yes. Um, my thing is when it when it comes to and we and we have this, and it's still constant. It's, the, the percentages are even higher today than when I wrote the book um, six years, six seven years ago. Um, that you know, the more the more melanin in our skin the more likely he's not in. And I say that all the time. The, the numbers don't lie. The less melanin is, is at a close to 40% in the middle. Um, it's at 50%. And, and the people with most melanin, which is us, is between 70 and 80%. It's, it, it has devastating effects. Um, it... It, it's one of those things where it just passes on. It, it passes on generation to generation. It makes it difficult, which leads to the current book that I have to find marriageable people. It's very difficult. Not impossible, but the, but but the search it requires some work. The same work that it takes us when we go to when we actually go to our jobs. The same work they did when we went to school to get our degrees. It requires work to find marriageable people. Because it's a choice of people that that they want to that, that need to be married that they want to marry. So all those things of each of these books have right has a purpose. It's just one of those things where one book sort of leads to well at least this print there's less leads to my current book in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, let, let me ask you this, brother Dwight. Um, what what can we as men do to to try to close that gap of the disappearing dad? What is it that you would say to to talk to you talking to men to get them to understand, you know, what they need to do in order to be able to fall into that trap of be, trap of being the disappearing dad? And you know what? It's sort of like what you were sort of asking me um, earlier. Um, whether if you are a father, you know, instill that into your children. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you be an influence, be a, a, a mentor. You know, talk to the talk to the young, talk to the young people first. Hear what hear what's going on from them. But they can tell you how they they like how how they live it and what's going on. You know, within any you know, the individual lives. And also, it's like networking with others. And and that's like the the father figures where, mm-hmm. where you know, each one reach one. We can only do one at a time, but, the, but getting the network, you know, it's not just me. It's, it's going to take an army of us because this isn't going to happen overnight. But it's going to take all, you know, it's going to take all of us to be able to try to do as much as we can to try to reverse this trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that too. And um, it's, it's going to take each one of us to, to reach one, teach one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Brother Dwight, how can folks get in contact with you if they want to purchase copies of the book, if they want to invite you out to to, to, to spit a poem or <laughs> talk a little bit more about, <laughs> you know, the, the, your book, Disappearing Dads? How can they do that? 
Okay. Um, they can they can reach me. Uh, my website is TreyNickelMedia.com. That's TreyNickelMedia.com. You can also reach me through email at TreyNickelMedia at gmail.com. That's TreyNickelMedia at gmail.com. And I can also be reached at um, 708-858-1161. That's 708-858-1161. I still got I still got little skills left um, about five minutes before you, but I do – you know, I do talk about um, family relationships, interpersonal relationships, uh, what's expected, what a wife's supposed to be, what's expected, what a husband's supposed to be, and, and, and that sort of thing. So that's sort of like my, my hitting hot home run topics. Indeed, indeed. Well, it's been a pleasure interviewing you, and we're 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 out of time. It, it always goes so quickly, right, Mitzi and Dr. Mm-hmm. Leroy? Yeah, you feel a part two coming on. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, the good thing is that the white. Doremus is going to be one of our Christian authors on December 9th at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., live and in person. So we're hoping that our listening audience will come on out and meet us at the Museum of the Bible, a very historic place. We had a chance to do a site visit yesterday, Pastor Kevin Wayne Johnson and myself. And when I tell you this place is beautiful, it is amazing. Not only when you purchase your ticket to attend, uh, we're hosting the 2023 Christian Writers Literary Festival there. Your, your, your admission ticket will also pay for you to get a museum visit, so you it's, it's, it's like a double-double. You get to come out and meet authors like uh, Dwight E. DeRamus, but you also get a chance to experience that museum. So please visit us online, www.christianofficeontour.com. And until next time, everybody, take care. Take care. Have a great day. Take weekend. care. All right, all right. Mm-hmm.